24 hours a day. Radio Contact. This week's Devil Detail podcast. I'm Rob Pax and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul? Hey, Rob, you okay, mate? How's your, how's your week been, mate? Yeah, it's been really good. Thanks, Rob. I had a nice uh, weekend in Hull watching the uh, the Salford game there. Took my family and we, we stayed in the village hotel. We were having a brew actually before we set off to the match. And uh, Paul Lighton walked into the Starbucks and we were having a bit of a joke with him. And he said, Oh, the, the team are on the way. And then and Watto walks in and then the rest of the players. So I had a little chat with Watto. So it was like being a kid at Christmas there. So that was great. And then obviously the game was was outstanding. It was a, a nerve wracking first half, you know, 16 apiece. And then that second half, some of the rugby league we played there, the attacking prowess of us I thought was absolutely outstanding so I had a really good weekend mate and then uh, went to the aquarium on the on the Sunday with the kids and uh, no it was great I really enjoyed it. Weekend in, in Hull full of uh, full of fun with the family there Paul I'm sure it was a, a fantastic day did you have a good weather as well I thought it was quite sunny how oh, was it all right? No the weather was good the weather was really good it was good on the Sunday and it, as we started to come over the Pennines dropping down into sort of Rochdale and the M62 the grey clouds appeared then and the, and the rain started but no we had a great time and it's nice when you get a, a result as well and I was very pleased for the supporters that had made the journey there everybody seemed to enjoy it and some great scenes in the in the stand wasn't there after the game and I thought the, I thought the, the, the team was absolutely excellent and we'll probably we'll speak about it in the podcast won't we about the momentum that we're building at the moment but no we all had a all had a great time and we've had a lot of misery in Hull over the years haven't we particularly on the west side so it was nice to get our second result in 21 games there I think so a great result yeah I enjoyed my holiday in uh, Anglesey it was two sunny days two rainy days a bit like here Paul really uh, and then obviously went uh, started to go to the gym now I know you're a bit of a athletic boxer uh, I've started going to uh, the gym in Stretford now doctor had a word with me says I need to get a bit healthy a bit fit um, any advice you want to give me I want to start on this journey well, I've got another fight on the 2nd of October, so I need a sparring partner. I need someone who's, who's tall, because apparently the guy in fighting tall, so if you fancy doing a bit of sparring with me, you're more than welcome, mate. But no, just stick out here, Rob, you know, just uh, get your head into it. Now, I noticed you were at the gym yesterday. Were you there at half 11 last night, right? Because uh, that seemed a bit strange. I saw your, your Facebook, but no, best of luck with it, mate. I'm sure you'll do really well and uh, come back fighting fit. But yeah, I need a sparring partner, so if you're up for that, you're very welcome. Well, I think footballer says the two is it two left feet. I think I've got two left hands when it comes to boxing. I think you need a proper good chin as well, don't you? I've not, I've not got one of them either. I think I'd be cowering in the corner if you come flying towards me. Uh, I don't fancy, I don't fancy that at all. Uh, but like I said, there's loads of uh, rugby, rugby league uh, chat um, today on the Devil in Detail. We're going to look back at the victory against uh, Hull FC. All the big news coming out of South Red Devils this week, and uh, have a look at the amateur scene with Paul as well. So there's loads to go at. Uh, so what we'll do, we'll start off. Uh, with a victory against Hull FC last week. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. (laughs) 
So Salford Devils were victorious against Hull FC. 44 points to 22. Paul, great result for Ian Watson's men. Yeah, he certainly was, Rob. Before we talk about it, I'll give you the two teams, actually. Hull started with Jamie Shaw, Ratu Nolago, Carlos Tumavavi, Josh Griffin, former Salford centre, Barita Farimo, Jake Connor, Mark Sneed, Scott Taylor, ex-Salford as well, Danny Houghton, Mickey Payer, Jordan Lane, Joe Westerman and veteran Gareth Ellis. On the bench was Josh Bowden, Kieran Buchanan, Brad Fash and Tavita Sate. Salford lined up with Nia Levels, Ken Seo, Chris Wellham, Jake Bibby, Chris Ninu, Tui Lola here, Jackson Hastings, Lee Mossop, Logan Tompkins, Adam Walker, Josh Jones, Ryan Lennon and Greg Burke. And on the bench was Mark Flanagan, Joey Lussick, Joshua Johnson and Ben Nakabuai. It was a tough first half, I thought, Rob. We went behind the eight ball early on, going 16 points to six down your hull come out of the blocks quick don't they especially at home but for us to battle back in that that, that first half to get back to 16 all I thought that showed an awful lot of character yeah it's, it's kind of a game you know that shows how far we've come as a club I think if you go can go to Hull and, and get a result it's, it's a fantastic statement I think moving forward in, in the Super League and uh, you know a lot of Super League sides now probably looking at us thinking you know Salford are coming up on the outside the dark horses in the Super League uh, race and you know it's a good place to be for Ian Watson's men it certainly is, Rob, and, um, you know, let's have it right, that was a big game for Hull. If Hull had won that game, they'd have gone second in the table, so they had that that to look forward to, and um, I thought we sort of blew them away, particularly in that second half, they had no answer to our attacking prowess. Every time we had the ball, we looked like we was going to score. Jackson Hastings covered every blade of grass on the pitch, didn't he? And Ken Seo is excellent finishing as well, and I thought Nia Levels links up really well, and I heard a statement that somebody made in the, in the media the other day about the spine of our side, and I think, you know, We've, we've done well this season we, we've, we've only got a very small squad but we've done well with it with the amount of injuries that we've had to the spine I think we've I'm not saying been lucky but we've managed to, to feel that sort of spine every week haven't we? and, and it's been really good I, I'd like to particularly mention Logan Tompkins who, who received quite a bit of flack at the start of the season didn't he? but his performances of late have been absolutely outstanding and he's been starting it every week and no, I just thought it was a great display, great all-round attacking display and Kristen Inu as well what a finish for that try he scored him leaping up there it was a Fantastic try to score. Yeah, all started with a Ken Seal try. Was it his 100th career try? Uh, you know, in his career, fantastic uh, try scorer, I think, for Salford Devils. Uh, and he showed his quality there. He's a quality finisher, Rob, is, is Ken Seal. He, you know, he's, he's been there and done it. He's played at a very high level in the NRL. He's, he can take those chances, can't he? And I thought he finished those tries really well. And that's what you need in the, those games there, to, to finish those sort of half chances that you get. Lee Mossop as well came up with with two tries, didn't he? And I think he was poaching a hat trick there at the end, wasn't he? In two well taken tries as well. So the only the only disappointment for me was Nia Levels. You know, he's chasing this world record of Paul Charlton's, and he's come up with a blank, hasn't he? Last two games and, and not not scored. So uh, so yeah, that was the only one for me. And Chris Wellham, I wanted Chris to score, particularly when he got that interception try. You know, playing against his hometown sort of club. But no, the, the tries that we scored, I thought were outstanding. It wasn't all obviously playing sailing for Salford. It was 16-6 down at and It shows, I think, that you know they've got good mental strength to come back from a 10-point deficit and, and to win the game so handsomely. Well, yeah, 16-6 down. We got it back to 16 apiece at half-time. And then it's the way we started that second half. We, we came out of the blocks quick, scored two quick tries didn't we, at the start of the second half and and took our chances, really. And, you know, Hull had a lot of ball, didn't it? And we had to defend well. And that second half, I thought we nullified Hull, really, everything that they threw at us. And... We frustrated uh, Mark Sneed, didn't we? He chucked the ball out into touch a couple of times, didn't we? And you know, let's have it right. Hull had some good players out there, didn't he? And some international players, and probably a lot more high quality than we've got. But Hastings controlled the game. I thought his, his control of the match was was tremendous. And 
he, he did things at right at the right time, didn't he? he wasn't I think there was a there was a bit in the second half when a loose ball went to ground and he could have hacked at that and, and give the ball away, but he didn't. He, he he dropped on the ball and and we sort of built things patiently, didn't I? I think we were patient and and we took our chances when they came. Yeah, obviously you said he was sixteen all at half time and you know to come back from that ten point deficit to get to half time, Paul, important her team talk for Ian Watson at that point and you know it obviously came out well didn't it they played fantastically well in that second half um, like we said Lee Mossop scoring a try as well a crash ball under the posts uh, for him and uh, shows he's got you know that ability to get over the line when needs be yeah well five minutes before that Jake Bibby got the, the opening try of the second half as well and that was a good, good finish from, from young Jake and I think the way we nullified Hull's attack out wide was good because if you look at their three-quarter line, they've got some size in the centres and the wingers and the, we, we found that out in our first visit to the KCOM Stadium early in the season when we got blown away in the first half, didn't we? I think it was about 20-odd, six at half-time and, you know, we sort of controlled them. You know, Josh Griffin is a good centre, isn't he? Knocking on the door for international rugby league. I thought Chris Wellham outplayed him all afternoon and he really frustrated Josh Griffin. So, uh, no, like when you're talking about man of the matches and three word man of the match reports I think it was very difficult to, to come up with a man of the match from that game because you could have looked at any player really you know everybody played played well Josh Johnson the, the young guy who's come in and I think he's been tremendous in the games he's played he came off the bench and did really well so it was an all round very pleasing performance for Ray and Watson yeah, it's not all about the attack though, Paul. Defence was solid as well. That's important in games like when the you know the chips are up against you and you need big defenders to come up tops and that's what happened. I think the defence was solid. Well yeah, when you go away to, to grounds like Leeds and St Helens and, and Hull and Wigan the crowd are sort of worth a couple of penalties sometimes. Aren't they? The home crowd, they're expectant, aren't they? And, 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 and they'll get on the referee's back, won't they? And I think they did in that game and they made a lot of noise. But we quieted the crowd, don't we? We frustrated them. And uh, we played our own game, and we played a very clever game, a very smart game. As I said before, Hastings and, and Lola here, they manage the game really well, and they, they work in conjunction really well with each. You've got Tui doing his uh, doing his stepping and his good uh, ball movement, and you've got Jackson Hastings who leads the team round the pitch, and they both they both dovetail really really well. And um, you know, Hull have got a good pair of halfbacks there, and Jake Connor and and, uh, and Mark Sneed, haven't we? And you know, you'd probably say that th- those two are banging on the door for international rugby league. So for us to outplay them, I thought that was a an excellent, excellent all-round display from the, the backs, the forwards, the half-backs, the whole spine of the team. Shows how far we've come, obviously. You know, all departments in, in the team, you know, starting to function, starting to, you know, make big metres and, and create big chances. And, you know, we, we talk about, you know, our journey we're on now where, you know, with, with was it three or four five games away from Old Trafford? And it's becoming, every week, a more realistic, realistic chance of happening. I think other sides are now sort of... I won't say fearing us, but we are like the dangerous dark horse, aren't we? And we've scored 724 points this season, which is only second to St. Helens, and that's absolutely phenomenal, you know, for the, the size of the squad that we've got. And I read the, I won't say what paper, but I was reading one of the match reports in the press, and it, it sort of said that the scoreline flattered us against Hull, and I think it's the biggest load of nonsense I've ever read. Some of the tries we scored in that game, the ball movement, it was uh, it was it was fantastic, you know. It, we absolutely ripped Hull FC to shreds, and... Uh, I thought it was an excellent, excellent, excellent display. Yeah, fantastic performance from the Salford Red Devils at Hull. And, you know, like I said before, this team, you can go anywhere it wants to, Paul. And, you know, the ambitions there, the drives there, you know, it's all about just keeping them keeping cool because the more they start to win, the more they start, you know, performing and keep performing at the level that now, people then start expecting, don't they? And the pressure builds and builds and it's how the players kind of deal with that. Yeah, we've said it before, haven't we, about taking each each game as it comes. It's it's a long season, isn't it? And you three games left now in the regular season. And I know Ian Watson's 
he'll, he'll focus on these three games one at a time. Well, you can't take them for granted. Warrington are a very tough side to beat. They've got some class players. I know we beat them twice this season, but they're still going to be a real challenge. You've got Leeds away, which, you know, Leeds haven't performed this season, but we've got a very good record there and, and they sort of hit a bit of form now. So that's going to be a tough game. I'm under no illusions with that one. And then we've got Hulkingston Rovers last game. Hulk I might have to come to Salford and win that game to stay up. So we've got three really tough games, but momentum's a big thing, isn't it? We won five games on the spin now and momentum's building all the time and we've just got to ride the crest of this wave haven't we and keep going and you know with Jackson Hastings leading the team around the pitch he's a special player isn't he I think with him he's one of those players that comes along sort of once in a generation isn't he he's probably one of the best players I've seen at Salford or up there with the best players anyway so we've just got to keep going now and obviously we've got a bit of time off now with the Challenge Cup final I think that's come at the right time as it rests a few bodies like Sir George Griffin are coming back from injury as well so uh, hopefully we'll be hit, hit Warrington on this Thursday night they're going to have a short turnaround as well yeah, you spoke to Lola here and Greg Burke after the game, Paul, and this is what they had to say. Greg Burke joins me. You must be delighted with the performance today. To come to a side like Hull, who could have gone second tonight, you've come here and destroyed them. Yeah, definitely. Um, the biggest thing for us was obviously coming here and obviously we've had them four wins, um, but not to come here and just be happy with four wins. You know, we're still, we're still pushing here. We knew that if we lost, I mean, obviously Hull had... Uh, Hull had obviously jumped to, jumped to second and we'd, we'd be further away again but obviously now we're, well, we've kept our place in the top five and we're still in with a chance of getting second here because we're only two points off and our points difference is up there with obviously we're a bit behind Warrington but we're, we're not far off now so How tough was it out there today against a whole big physical pack aren't they I mean it was a, it was a warm day as well wasn't it you, you must have had to put some, some effort in there to win that today Yeah it was um, I mean we spoke about Hull because they always start really well and obviously we started we got off the flying start but then they, we knew they'd come back and they did but we just had a even after the third try we just had a word behind the sticks just to say that you know we need to we need to keep all this ball uh, when we're in defending it's just to defend a set get the ball back and then we'll be okay which is what we did we got ourselves back in and obviously it was 16 apiece at half time loads of positive talk at half time and then we just came out and to be fair we not but it's a, I wouldn't say steamroll but we, we came through the iron wrestle and obviously we, we racked some points up at the end Did you feel a bit of pressure when Hull got that try and then Chris didn't even kick the ball out on the full we were just six points behind that was a big set to defend that and you defended it superbly Yeah well I, I just come back on the field then so obviously the lads have probably been they probably felt it a bit more than me I was a bit, a bit fresher but the word I got is to um, to keep them in their forty. obviously we, we kicked it out on the full but that next set obviously we, we, we ended up defending and I think it was third tackle there under the pressure throwing it out into touch and then we just sort of calmed down again then because we knew we'd defended it and again obviously we kicked on from there and we, we didn't really look back then to be honest A week off now for the challenge but yeah. are you chuffed with that really because you've won five on the spin but you must be ready for a rest Yeah I think it's well deserved to be honest because obviously we've, Play, we've been <laughs> dying for a try but um, now we um, before this five games we were sort of on the edge of maybe not you know being, being pushed out of the chance of top five and you know, we really, really give ourselves a, a real shot in the arm here. And top five, yeah, but I mean, we've got Warrington next week. That, we win that one, well, sorry, the week after we win that one. That puts us on the Warrington. And there's no saying we can't just keep going up this, up this leaderboard yet. Yeah, um, three big games left and, you know, we've uh, got a good week here and rest and recuperate, maybe get a couple of bodies back and, yeah, we're going, we're going good. Exciting times, Rick. I'll let you get on the bus, yeah. mate, because you're getting heckled here by your teammates. Well, thanks very much for speaking to us, mate. Enjoy no your week problem. off. Thanks, thanks pal. Week. Right, I'm delighted to say Tui Lola here has joined me. I've been trying to get hold of you for weeks, but you're always really quick out of the change rooms. How are you enjoying your time at Salford? I mean, you was at Leeds, you've moved here, you seem to have had the shackles taken off, your pressure's off you, you're linking up well with Jackson Aces. Are you enjoying your rugby? Yeah, I guess I'm loving it again. 
you know, um, you know in, in rugby league you go through tough times and you know I've managed to um, you know, I've managed to come to Salford and you know get my footy back on track and you know I'm really enjoying my footy again. Um, and I think the boys are the lads from um, from Salford and our team you know are playing you know really good at the moment. Um, you know probably not the favourites. Um, I mean heading towards their final series, but um, I think we can come in as underdogs and uh, you know, I think we can do a job. Um, you know the boys of before I come there, you know they had a couple of close games of um, Wigan, St Helens, and that. So um, you know we can we can compete up there, you know, with the best. So I guess it's all about staying consistent, really. Um, you know, riding the wave, and you know we've had a good five weeks. You know we had a little um, goal setting that we had, and um, you know we wanted to tick these off. You know, le leading into a bye week this week. Um, you know we get to just I guess enjoy ourselves and you know take our minds away from from footy and obviously refresh and get ready to go to last three games of the season really How have you found Ian Watson you know compared to to being at Leeds you know has, has Watson been different the way he's approached things with you or it, has he sort of put his arm around you and, <coughs> and G'd you on that way or have yeah. you settled better under him Yeah I guess so you know he kind of um, what he said to me when I first came is that he plays to the strength, strength of his spine which is obviously the main part of the team and um, I think if you do watch one of our games you kind of see that the spine is a big part of our team and you know we kind of um, you know we kind of do the things on back of our forwards and we get to um, play to our strength which is you know look what Jack is doing at the moment you know he's he's killing it at the moment and um, you know and if he keeps playing like that I think you know we can go a long way to winning in comp really How are you enjoying playing with Jackson Hastings? Is he something special because he can do the special things on the pitch can't he? Yeah oh you know actually um, you know, I think like I said before, if you, if you if you do manage to get watch, watch out one of our games, you see that Jacko's, you know, he's always going to be in that top three performance on the field, no matter what, um, win, lose, draw. You know, he he always gives us best things on the field. Thanks very much for speaking to us too. Enjoy your week off, and hopefully I'll catch up with you against Warrington. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. So that was uh, Lola here and Greg Burke talking to you after the game, Paul, and uh, both very very happy with the performance. Burke in particular was happy with the big effort that the that the team have put in, and he believes in the process and, and where this team's going. Yeah, he's, he's a very good talker, is Greg Burke, and it was a funny interview that I had to do it be, between like a, a steel fence because I couldn't get near the players. It's really difficult there at the KCOM Stadium. But no, Tui Lolly here was on the on the car park on the way out, and I must say he's a, he's a lovely guy and really well spoken. And you know, I, I've said to you a few times this season since he's come to Salford, and I felt really sorry for him the way he got treated at, at Leeds. I thought he was made a scapegoat by by the by the people at Headingley for for their failings this season, as was David Fern. I thought they were both treated very unfairly. And now he's come to Salford and it, it just shows you what a mark of a good coach Ian Watson is because he's getting the best out of a, out of a good player. So uh, nothing would please me more than if Tui could go to Headingley and, and, and really run Lee's Rhinos ragged in a few weeks. But no, he's, he's been a credit to Salford since he's come in and he's getting a really good partnership with uh, Jackson Hastings. He talks about the Jackson Hastings partnership and it's kind of, I think it's helped him grow as a player as well because obviously Rob Bluey has big shoes to fill at Salford Red Devils and he's come in and he's, and he's certainly filled them and a bit more as well. And I'm, you know, I've got big, big ambitions, big, big you know, thoughts that Lola here could be the, the, the big next star moving forward after Jackson Hastings departs. Do you not like calling him by his first name? Tui, Tui Lola here. Yeah, I think he's done really, really well and speaking to him on Saturday I wasn't too sure what his, what his sort of character was like but he does seem a really sort of quiet guy and a guy who listens to his coach he's not a big head um, he, he seems like a guy who's coming with the right attitude and Ian Watson and, and Ian Blees and the coaching staff have started to build a culture at Salford now where 
we're not signing these ego players. We're signing players who've got a point to prove and who want to come and play for this club. And, and you can see that in, in, the, in the way the, the team plays. You've got players who are moving on there next season, but they're busting a gut to, you know, I don't like saying they're going to get us to the grand final because it's, it's a long way ahead, but they're busting a gut to get Salford Red Devils as high as they can in, in the table this season. So, Tuiola here, I've been, I've been very impressed with him the way he's coming. And he's no mug rubber. He's an international player. He played in the World Cup for, for Tonga and in that fantastic match against England, didn't he? So uh, he's coming with good stock. He's, he's only 23, 24 as well. He's got an awful lot of improvement left in him as well. And he could be a real star for, for 2020 next season, but also this season as well. Yeah, and obviously, like you said, no game this week for Salford Devils. Has the break come at the right time? I think it has. I think, obviously, the players need this extra week just to recharge the batteries and be able to go again. Because, you know, the next three or four weeks, it's going to be so important for both on the field and off it for the club. Oh, yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, when you're winning games, you want to play every week, don't you, and keep your run going. But we've had five tough games, haven't we? And some tough away games and that as well. Trips to London, trips to Hull. So I think this will give us the benefit now of, of having a rest and getting bodies back and... I, I wouldn't take Warrington lightly. I mean, I know they're playing on the Saturday in the Cup final, but that could be dangerous as well because, say, if they lose that game, they're going to be then focusing on the league. So I would not take them lightly at all. They've got a big squad, haven't they? They've got some, some good players there as well, a lot of pace in the same, a lot of power. So that's going to be a really hard game. That, But if we focus on that and, and use these, these, this, this time off wisely now, I think we could do a number on them as well. So it's about hitting the ground running and coming out if I was Ian Watson, I'd be saying come out of the blocks early against Warrington. Really surprise them early, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure the players will be ready a week on Thursday, a week today, shall I say? Yeah, big thanks for your, your three word match reports. And man of the matches, uh, looking back at the game, Colin Reynolds, what a team! His man of the match was Jackson Hastings. Colin Wilson, super smashing great. His man of the match was Hastings. Royella be dare to dream. His match was uh, his man of the match was Christian Inu. Christian Inu, fantastic performance from him. Another is it twenty point haul as well. It's uh, you know shows. How, how good he is and it's glad the club have managed to sign him up for another year yeah they enjoyed his video as well coming down that slide I wonder how he did that on that, that phone in the, in the water but no it, I was one of them that perhaps wasn't too sure about signing Christian Inu I think without being too harsh on him I think he needs to work on his fitness a bit. I think he, I think he's been good. He's, he's one of those players who's very talented and can do amazing things. But I think his fitness needs working on, and I'm sure they'll do that in the close season. I'm sure Greg Brown, the conditioner, will, will get him fit and get him a bit sharp because he does look to blow in games sometimes. And that's not being harsh on him at all. I think he'll, he'll know that he needs to work on that. But he's coming this season, sort of halfway through a season, so he missed the pre-season. So I think that'll do him a lot of good, do him a lot of benefit that because he's a quality player. You've only got to look at that try. I mean, I described him as a, a basketball playing salmon on uh, on Saturday against against Hull because the way he jumped and um, I got Helen watching the Super League show actually last night I said look how high um, Kristen who jumps in even she was impressed so uh, it must have been a good try that so yeah I'm pleased we've got him and we seem to be quite well well endowed in the in the centre positions now don't we? we've got Dan Sargentson who's coming as well from Wigan he's a, another quality addition to the squad for 2020 so yeah delighted with the signing so far yeah uh, Chris and Janet Shenton what a result um their man of the match was Christian Inu. Uh, Andrew Wallin, cheerio, cheerio, cheerio. His man of the match was uh, Jackson Hastings. Mark, tui, tui, tui. Um, Graham Jones, sublime attacking rugby. His man of the match was Jackson Hastings. I think it's important. Obviously, it's great to have attacking rugby, Paul. It's great to put the points on the board, but defence is also key, and I think Salford did that as well. Well, yeah, like I said before, when you go to these away grounds, you know you're going to get put under pressure and there's going to be times in the game where you've got to defend for your lives, haven't you? You'll get that when we go to Headingley in a few weeks. It's all right scoring tries in, in the attacking game, but that part of your defence, your desperation defence on your line's got to be good because you know for a fact when we go to Edinburgh, they're going to get penalties, they're going to get possession, and to win those games, you've got to do the hard yards and, and defend them. We had to do that against Hull because you go there, it's a big stadium, you've got a big following behind them. As I said before, the referee, 
will be influenced by that crowd, won't he? And, and he was, and we defended, you know, in that second half really, really well. We scrambled really well, and, and that's how you get the points away from him. Your scramble defence has got to be good, and you've got to be tough up the middle as well, especially against a big pack like Hulls. We've got Chris and Janet Shenton again, so we don't know whether it's Chris or Janet, but this time it's uh, will be it's Janet as this one. Uh, fantastic second half, of our, second half. Uh, man of the match was Christian Inu, Pete Brady, the most feared. Um, his man of the match was Hastings. Paul D. Happy on Humberside. His man of the match was Christian Inu. Uh, Chris Seedhouse to the playoffs, and his man of the match was Jackson Hastings. And finally, Graham Lear. Uh, yes, yes, yes. But I think Chris Seedhouse has has a, has a point. Next stop, the playoffs, and, that, and that's a, a thing that also for Red Bulls fans isn't aren't used to. Alan Paul, and you know we're, we're looking at if we can perform in these next three games, you know we're 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 in it, and it's just a matter of us, you know, keeping focused, keep playing like they're playing, and we'll get there. Yeah, I think if we can win these three games, I think third place is, is not without question at the moment. Uh, you're looking at the, the table, we, Catalan Dragons and, um, and Castleford are fighting us, aren't they, at the moment, to, to get in there, to get into the playoffs. Warrington on a bad run, of, they've lost five on the bounce. They're in danger at the moment. They could slip completely out of it. There's, got, there's all sorts of lots of twists and turns that can happen. The picture can change every week, can't it, with the playoffs. So you've just got to focus on yourself and, and keep winning your matches. Don't worry about other teams. It, it, it's in our hands now. We're in there now. If we win these last three games, because of our points difference, we'll finish in the top five so we, we've we not got to rely on other results now we've just got to rely on ourselves and if we can win those three games you know third place would be our highest finish for since 1976 wouldn't it you know we finished fourth in 79-80 so if we can finish third that would be a remarkable achievement with the, with the squad and the, and the resources that we've got and surely Ian Watson has got to be got to be up there for coach of the year he's done an absolutely tremendous uh, tremendous job yeah you spoke to Ian Watson after the game Paul and this is what you had to say <laughs> Corner. I'm delighted to say I've been joined by Ian Watson. I was preparing a different sort of speech today. I wasn't expecting that, but you must be absolutely delighted with the way your side's come here and dismantled the side who could have gone second tonight. Yeah, well, we spoke. It, look, firstly, it's a great performance by the boys, but we, we knew we had to defend well in the opening exchanges if we were to kind of stand any chance in this game. We came here a few weeks back and we were 30 odd down at half time, and we knew it was kind of going to be built on our resilience to defend. First half went kind of, we made an error, they scored, we made an error, they scored, but same happened with them as well. We just felt if we could get control of our defence, we'd been with a chance of winning the game. I think we'd give ourselves, the way we defended in the first 30 minutes, I thought we'd give ourselves an opportunity to do that. What was the message you would have got out to your players at 16-6 down? It was important you didn't panic there, did you? You know, 16-6 down, you scored a lot of unanswered points there to get yourselves back on the front Yeah, court. that's not too far away from us. Uh, not, it's not an issue. Um, we know they start strong. We know we, we've got the confidence from the last game we played here that we can pull them back if they do get a little bit of a lead. We just don't want that lead to be too big. So it's it's just a confidence in, in your own ability as a team, really, and in the individuals that are in the changing room to be able to handle that. That Yeah, all right, we've gone 16-6 down. The important thing was that we didn't concede there and go back-to-back. But then as it got later on in the first half, I think we picked the tempo up and we started to kind of score some points on the back end which brought us in a real strong position to really attack the second half. Some impressive tries as well, the two CO tries. How important is the, the, the relationship now between Lola here and Hastings? That's blossoming now. They, they've looked unplayable at times. Yeah, you've just, you've just seen two half-backs playing there, um, two half-backs playing together really and opening a really, really good team up as well and causing them problems. So, mate, they've been very good since they've been with us all the time, but I'd say first class today, them too. Chris Nenu keeps banging the goals over here. Yeah. It's better to it's go up in sixes tries. than yeah. four. How high did he leap for that try? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a fantastic the, try. That's the things he can do. He can do stuff like that. He's a great kick target for everybody, for Jacko or for Tui to kick to us. 
as well. But probably uh, mention um, Jackson uh, Lee Mossop crashing over for two tries as well. And a hat trick there late on, wasn't it? He's telling everyone in the change rooms as well. So, <laughs> well, a great display of attacking rugby league. And how do you go from this now? You've got a week off of the Challenge Cup. Sometimes you want to carry on, don't you, and play another game, but do you guys need that rest now? Are you going to benefit from that? Yeah, it'll be good for us. It'll be good for us because it'll keep freshening up. There's a few guys we knocked. It's like we, we lost Gil Dudson this morning. Um, he came in and he, he was really tight from training yesterday, so he was doubtful yesterday, and then this morning he was just definitely no good as well. So Ben Ben stepped up and Ben's had a great game there as well. But it's good because it'll give time for Gil to rest. It should give George Griffin uh, more time, which means he'll probably potentially be available for the Warrington game as well. So we're looking really strong at the back end of the season, which is important for us. Do you aim as high as you can, though? Because yeah. Catalan have lost today. Yeah. Hull could have gone second tonight. Yeah. So they had a lot on this game, didn't they? That yeah, must they be did. your goal now, just to win these last three games. Yeah, 100%. That, that's all we can do. We just focus one game at a time. We've got Warrington um, in a couple of weeks on Thursday. They've got a big Challenge Cup final to go for as well. So we've got to make sure we rest and recuperate the right way now, and then um, we get ready for Warrington and then we'll take on the other games after that how far can this cycle is it exciting now yeah, coming into these games it's, it's always it's always exciting especially when, when winning as well makes it even even better um, but but this group has got a real kind of resilience and the bit between the teeth at the moment that they can push and they can go further and that's what that's what we wanted a team to do at Salford we want them to be to be fighting to go as high as they can and try and compete for trophies that's what we want to do and we're giving ourselves an opportunity now to be able to compete for trophies if, if we can make sure we pick up a couple of wins now going forward we put ourselves in them playoffs and then it's anybody's game from there sometimes when players are moving on at the end of a season you see a lull in how they're playing but there's, there's guys here who are leaving you wouldn't think so would they're putting yeah. absolutely every ounce of effort in, into the game they're playing yeah, I think that's due to the character of the individual it, it, it's some of the we had a rocky kind of period when they kind of were uncertain whether they were staying or going when they had contract talks and stuff like that but since they've kind of organised themselves and know where they're going to be they've got their head down and they've worked hard and that's probably the one good thing that the culture's changed at Salford Air from over the past where you've had maybe superstar players who've not wanted to kind of dig in and fight all the time and maybe threw the toys out of the pram this group of players are outstanding if you look at Jake Bibby and Jackson for two who are moving on next year they're digging in they're working hard obviously Lannan is at another club and he's on loan to us as well I, oh, ideally we can keep him going forward you wouldn't think so the way he's playing though, yeah, would you? No, he's, a, he's, a, he's a player who's, who buys into Salford the good thing with Lannan is he was brought up through the Salford Academy so Salford means something to him as well and there's other players out there who potentially might not be here next year but they're having a real kind of dig um, and they're competing to the highest level they can at the moment I think we mentioned it earlier in the season when we spoke about the belief and you wasn't so sure sometimes where we had that belief but yep. it's definitely there now for all to yeah, see yeah I think we've made strides throughout the season early doors it was like as if we didn't believe we could beat them so like I say Ellen's and losing last minute against them if you've noticed over the last kind of periods of games we've started turning them games where we've been in them so the Huddersfield and the Today game where it's tight and the other team are having a real dig as well we've ended up turning the screw and coming out the other side as well and that shot, that bodes well for us because that's a mentality and a resilience that Congratulations on a big win tonight Ian all the best and have a good week off mate So that was Ian Watson talking to yourself after the game Paul and uh, he was very happy with the performance and very happy with the result yeah, he was. I wasn't expecting that result. I'll be the first to admit it. I didn't really fancy us against Hull. I thought they might have a bit too much for us. We've, we won four in the bounce. Are we going to come up short? But I was amazed by the performance. And perhaps I should have a bit more faith sometimes in Ian. Because um, you know, I thought he totally outcoached Lee Radford. He, he got his side playing really, really well. And I think I described him in, the, in the, some of the videos as, as being like a Brian Clough. Of, of, of rugby league, you know, the way he's getting the best out of his side. You know, we're not the most fancied team in the in the world, are we? But the team spirit and and what the job that he's doing, it, it's very much Royal the Rovers sort of stuff, isn't it? And you know, long may it continue. I think he's doing a fantastic job, and 
you know, he, he's, a, he's a great coach, Ian, and we know, we've spoke about him loads of times, we know what he does off the pitch and, you know, the way he analyses things and we spoke to Paul King today, haven't we? He's been in these meetings with him. Ian Watson is a rugby league, he's a, he's a genius of rugby league really, isn't he? That's a, probably a strong word, but I think he is. He lives and breathes the sport, he does his homework and you can't ask for more than that. I think that we've, we've got a really good guy in charge of us and long may it continue. Yeah, obviously Ian Watson doing fantastic things for Salford Devils. Um, he was linked with the St. Helens job. Um, hopefully Saints won't be going, knocking on our door for, for Ian Watson because Ian Watson's done a fantastic job for us and, you know, is in the middle of a, another rebuild. Uh, but this team is going places, the club's going places, and he's the man in, in charge of all that, the playing siders anyway. And I'm sure he's looking at the bigger picture and thinking, you know, being a Salford lad... Uh, managing the Salford side you know he could be going down in history if this Salford side suddenly finds another gear and goes into a, a playoff you know, or a grand final well yeah I believe he actually applied for the St. Helens job according to what the, to the, some of the media guys said on Twitter today and I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't Rob you, you've got to go for the for the big jobs and St. Helens is, is a big job isn't it so St. Helens is, is lost his hour gain if he stays at Salford and you know, Ian's going on a tour at the end of the season with, with, with Great Britain, isn't he? And, and Wayne Bennett's put faith in him there. And, you know, if he does a good, good job out there, Wayne Bennett will be watching what Ian Watson's doing this season. Could Ian become the Great Britain coach in a few years' time? He, that could be the ultimate prize for him. I mean, sod St. Helens. We'll, we'll keep Ian Watson and then he can go and, go and coach Great Britain. But he's, he's doing things the right way. And, uh, you know, people are taking notice of him now. And is a, a selfish sort of point of view as a selfish but we want to keep him don't we but um, I think it'd be difficult to because I think a lot of teams are going to be looking at him and thinking wow he's done a great job on, on a limited budget and limited resources obviously the win against Hull kind of asks sort of answers more sort of questions that you know how far can this, this team go but for me Paul ambitions there the drives there and the beliefs coming the belief is, is the, the part that I think previously you know has let us down because we've haven't totally believed that we can get to that next level but you know the, the players and the coaching staff and the people at the club and us fans are all realistically now believing it's, it's going to happen and you know I'm sure Ian Watson's men are going to be all focused they're going to be taking every game as it comes like like they always say and uh, who knows what might happen uh, in the next five or six weeks it could be a historic moment uh, for the Salford Devils well, I think I mentioned that to Ian on Saturday after the game in the interview about the, the belief. It's something we've spoke about this season, particularly in the, game, the two home games against Wigan. He sort of questioned the players' belief and said, you know, can we do this? And I think he said that to the players, you know, we lost those two games. We perhaps should have won those games. The St. Helens away game, perhaps it was a belief that let us down a bit that day. But I think as the season's gone on, it's something we've learnt that, I think. And now we do seem to believe, you know, to go away to Hull, to go away to Warrington twice, to go away to Catalan and absolutely flatten them as well. We've had some tremendous victories this season. Eight wins away from home out of 14 games, I think it is, or 13 games. That's a great return, that. And you are showing belief now. And if we are to finish fifth, fourth in the playoffs, we may have to go away in the playoffs. And I won't back against us, you know, to go to Hull, to go to whoever and, and, and get a result. You know, can you imagine us going to Warrington in the playoffs? We've won there twice already. So the players have got that belief now. And... This, this group of players is going to get split up at the end of the season, isn't it? Because a lot of players are leaving and I think they, they've got unfinished business there and they want, to, they, they want to finish something off and, you know, what they've started this season, that belief's there and I think we're a, we're a dangerous side, Rob, I really do. I think we're a dangerous team. Yeah, so a fantastic victory uh, against Hull uh, at the, uh, the KC Stadium and hopefully more to come for me and Watson's men uh, in the next uh, five or six weeks. So that's all the uh, the look back at the whole victory. Next up on at the Devil in the Detail, what we'll do, look at all the big news coming out of Salford Devils this week. Devil in the 
So, Paul, what we'll do, we'll start with the uh, the match against Warrington uh, next week. Uh, there's a celebrity football match before uh, with Coronation Street stars and Emmerdale stars. Um, you know, I think it's very good. I think it's that, that kind of thing will draw people into uh, our bubble. They'll want to, want to come watch the celebrity football match and then come and watch the rugby afterwards. And that's the that's the big thing, I think, it's about drawing people in. Yeah, it certainly is. It's a shame it's not going to be on the Sunday, really, isn't it? It's been put back to a, a Thursday night, and not that I feel sorry for Warrington. I think that might work out in our favour, the, the short turnaround. But, uh, but yeah, I'm sure it'll be a good night. I think, is it Hollyoaks, Emmerdale and Coronation Street? I don't really watch the soap, so I wouldn't know who was who, but I'm sure people will, will take an interest in it. Without sounding sexist, the, the ladies might, might be into that. I don't know, do blokes watch soap? So is it more a, a ladies sort of thing? Sorry about that. Perhaps I'm living in the 1980s a bit there, but no, I'm sure it'll be an enjoyable evening. And uh, you know, it's a big game on as well in the Salford against Warrington. It's, a, it's become a local derby between the two sides. In the last few years, I think there's a bit of needle there. I know there's been a bit on social media. At the Cal Fitzpatrick, who does a good job at Warrington, he seems to stoke things up on the social media, doesn't he? So uh, there's no love lost between the two sides at the moment. So I'm sure it'll be a great night. I think it's six o'clock start. Um, I think so for kick off a quarter to eight. So if you want to get down to the the stadium early and, and watch the football uh, before the game, I'm sure it'll become a big uh, family event. And, and you know that's what the club want to do. They want to sort of entice the the community in with these things. And I'm sure you know success will come and. and the people of will embrace it uh, and there'll be a big crowd hopefully against Warrington uh, on on Thursday um, next bit of news early season ticket launch Paul for 2020 uh, we talked to Paul King in a pop-up podcast all about that uh, you'll prob- I'll probably I'll probably um, put that out kind of Saturday or Sunday so make sure you you, you know you're you're ready for that uh, I think it was a fascinating discussion with him all about uh, the importance of buying buying these tickets early for the club and you know because we haven't got a benefactor anymore it's all about community and it's all about you know putting the money into the tank to help it run and uh, the season ticket offer is a very good one I think it's very very good value for money as well uh, for, for supporters who want to obviously want to follow Salford Devils and the new people as well who, who have sort of been enticed into our bubble and uh, I think the club have done a very good thing with this early season uh, early season ticket launch yeah, it's a good time to get it out. You know, are you playing well? We're winning matches, aren't we? And playing well, everybody feels good. So, you know, credit to the club for getting the season tickets out there. I'm going to get mine renewed hopefully this week uh, while I've got a bit of cash. So, um, so yeah, uh, you know, your season ticket holders are the bread and butter of your club, aren't they? And the more season ticket holders we can get, the better. And, you know, if you get a chance to listen to that pop-up podcast with Paul King, he, he speaks really well, does Paul? And, um, you know, he seems a really good guy, doesn't he? We've had a few chats with him this season. I said on there, he's a breath of fresh air. He really is. He's very positive about things. And, you know, he's very ambitious as well. There's a lot of ambition for the club and just listening to him, it's very exciting things that are happening. So I'd advise anybody, get yourself a season ticket, a really good value, get them early as well and gives us a bit of a, a cash boost as well, for want of a better word. Yeah, we've had, um, you know, a couple of new, well, new signing announced. Uh, Dan Sargentson uh, is going to be a Sobre Devil in 2020, Paul. And, uh, you know, we'll add something, you know, different to that attacking line and the defensive line. I think he's a very good player and he'll take us to that next level, which is where we want to be. Yeah, he's an experienced player, isn't he? he? played a lot at Harlequins and Stroke London Broncos. He's been at Wigan for a number of years now. I believe he played in the NRL as well. I can't quite remember what side he played with over there in the NRL, but he was over there as well. So he's an international player as well. He's played for England, hasn't he, at the, the top level and played in played in finals as well. So he's a good guy to have on board. I know he's had a, he problems with injuries and that, but he's a raw bone sort of player and a very aggressive player. He's got a bit of pace as well, and I'm sure he's going to add, add, to, uh, add to our back line next season. Very pleased with that signing. Yeah, also new people coming in. Paul Rowley has um, 
been announced as a coaching consultant uh, for Ian Watson, the ex-Lee and the ex-Toronto Wolfpack coach. Um, a lot of people sort of umming and ahhing about it, him coming in. Uh, I think he's a fantastic coach, uh, very aggressive in his, in his team selections when he was at Toronto and at Lee, but that's... You know, nothing new here. Ian Watson does that. He has a big aggressive forwards, uh, and I'm, I'm sure he'll add something to, to Ian Watson's coaching staff. And, you know, the more quality that Ian Watson brings in, you know, the more, you know, it is a good thing for Salford Devils moving forward. Yeah, uh, well, he's not He's not actually Ian Watson's assistant coach anyway, as a lot of people think. He's just on a consultancy basis, isn't he? And I think it's a good thing because, you know, Ian's lost his assistant coach in Martin Gleeson and he's got somebody there to bounce ideas off and, and speak to, and I think that's good for him. Paul Rowley's got an awful lot of experience. He's a similar age to Ian Watson. He, he He's an international player as well, wasn't he? He played for England, and he played at the top level for quite a lot of his career, and... I, d- I didn't see a lot of his coaching when he was at Toronto. I didn't see a lot of their stuff, but I saw quite a lot of Lee's uh, rugby league when he when he coached at Lee. And yeah, they played an aggressive game, but they also played a very expansive sort of style as well and, and very entertaining style of rugby league. So, you know, he's done a good job, I believe, with the forwards since he's come in and coaching the hookers and that. And you know, from what we, the last couple of results we've had, we, we've done okay. So I'm willing to give Paul Rowley a chance. He seems a good guy, and uh, you know, all right, he's, he got sent off against us a couple of times when he was a player, and there's a bit of needle there in 2003. But that's a long time ago now. I think Paul Rowley's a he's a winner, isn't he? He wants to win things, and uh, he's an ambitious guy, and I think he's good to have on board. And, and Watto seems to get along with him. I spoke to Watto a few weeks ago off the record, and. I don't think they got on with each other as players, but I think since they finished playing, there's an awful lot of respect between the two, and um, you know I've noticed that. And you know, good luck to Paul Rowley, and if it helps Ian Watson coaching Salford and gets us in that top three, top five, I'm all for it. Yeah, it's going to be going to be great, I think, to have him on board. You know, his experience. Um, he's you know he's got another pair of eyes as well in in, in the the coaching department, and you know it's only going to move this team forward for me, Paul. Um, other bits of news: uh, Christian New has signed his uh, contract. He's going to be with us in two, uh, tw- for twenty twenty. Uh, he's been fantastic for us. He has that X quality factor. Uh, when the when the big moments come, he, he delivers. And I think you know signing him up for twenty twenty is a master stroke for Ian Watson. Yeah, as we mentioned before, I think he'll be working on his fitness in the close season. Um, Greg Brown will do a good job with him because I think Greg's a, a great guy, isn't it, to have around with the conditioning. He seems to get the players in great shape. You look at the guys who've come in, the Gil Dudson, Greg Burke, Ed Chamberlain, uh, Paulie Pauly when he came in, he seemed to be a lot fitter than he was at Wakefield. So I'm sure with the full pre-season behind him, Christian will be even better next season. And, he, and sometimes Christian, he, he, he's that good at goal kicking. His goal kicking is pretty good. Uh, he doesn't miss many, so that, sometimes that's that's worthwhile having you, you, in your side. Any, anyway, you know, good goal kick. You can never, never have enough goal kickers, so I'm pleased with that sign. I think he's going to add to us, and as I said before, we've got quite a few quality centres there and a, a bit to choose from. And I'm sure the club will be looking at kind of announcing other signings to come as well, and you know, you've got to make sure you keep your eyes peeled because the club have got you know big plans for, about doing things like that, and, and it shows that you know they've got ideas now they've got passion they've got drive they've got people behind the scenes working really hard to make the magic happen and uh, you know it's all good being a soul fan at the moment yeah, it is at the moment and we, we know everything can change can't it with a couple of bad results so you've just got to ride it while you can can't you because rugby league is an unforgiving sport isn't it you know you only every a couple of games away from disaster you only have a couple of games away from miracles aren't you so I'm really enjoying it at the moment I've enjoyed the last five weeks and I'm enjoying the brand of rugby that we're playing as well it's been exciting hasn't it? we've been scoring tries as we said before we've scored 700 odd points so it's been good and you've only got to look at our points difference you know the games that we've we've lost this season where we could have won we could have been even higher in the table so I think with the resources we've got I think we've done great this season and I just want the, the season to keep running now but I am sort of glad we've got a week off this week and 
you know, for the cup final, the lads can just relax a bit and then go full bore then for the last three matches of the regular season. Yeah, other good things that are happening at the club. The Soul Good Shop um, is in a roaring trade by the sound of it. Lots of fans getting involved, buying merchandise. And what we want as fans, we want Steve, Steve McCormack, you know, doing fantastic things, taking, you know, taking photos, you know, and also, you know, getting involved in this in this uh, Soul Good Shop. And it's, it's great that obviously now we have a place where we can go and buy merchandise. Uh, there is merchandise available. They brought out some... Uh, some t-shirts and some shorts some vests loads of great stuff in there it's worth popping in Paul and also uh, there's a the book of poems uh, that is going to be out shortly uh, it's, it's kind of written by fans for fans um, 21 poems it's £4 it is available on Amazon but you can buy it from the Soul Good Shop and I think it's as a Soul fan you want to buy it from the Soul Good Shop to give the Soul Good Shop you know the, the, the momentum going forward but I think it's being a writer like yourself and I think it's great that you know they're able to produce this kind of thing uh, and all fans should go out rush out and buy it Do we know who's done this this book is it Simon Williams who's done the book this this poem book I think it is because he's had some poems hasn't he on, online recently and I've really enjoyed uh, reading them and I know Simon does a lot of writing doesn't he in poem writing and very very talented as well so uh, so yeah I advise anybody to get that it'll be a really good read but just going back to what you said about the shop it's a focal point now. It's somewhere where people can go and buy things. And I'd love to see perhaps um, players in there, you know, signing shirts and, you know, perhaps a, a meet and greet with, a, with with players. And perhaps if we're going to announce a signing, let's let's do a public one. You know, not tell anybody who it is, get the signing down there and sort of unve- lift the sheet over his head and unveil him. I think something like that would be great for the supporters. So at the moment, yeah, Rob, things seem to be seem to be looking up, don't they? And uh, a lot of positive stuff's coming out of the club and... No, I think our name's growing in the sport of rugby league. We seem to be gaining friends all the time, don't we? And whereas in the previous regime, we seem to have a lot of enemies, didn't we? So whereas now everything looks good and people want to buy into that. People want to be associated with it, with, with something successful, don't they? Something that's winning and, you know, I'm all for it. I think the good times at the moment and let's ride them for as long as we can. Yeah, so get yourself down to the Soul Good Shop and, and get your merchandise and, and, and buy your, your poems. And, you know, I think it's great. I think every bit of revenue stream uh, is important. And I'm sure, you know, with uh, Christmas coming up, the Soul Good Shop will be having offers and new merchandise available. And people will be there hopefully getting uh, getting the money and getting putting it into the club because I think it's a fantastic thing. And hopefully, you know, it's going to grow and grow. And who knows how far it, it can, how big it can get, really. Because obviously, you know, there's stuff you can buy in there. But I suppose the more stuff you buy, the more they can reinvest into buying other things and then your merchandise grows doesn't it and we can get more and more like baby girls people talk about wanting kiddies shirts and baby girls and things and I'm sure you know if, if there's a demand for it and people will, will want to you know will are willing to pay for it then obviously they'll put it in there and it's just up to us fans to, to back the shop and, and keep it going strong that was a scary thought there. You're mentioning Christmas is on its way. It's ages off. It's only August. But uh, no, no, I know what you mean. And um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that shop will stay open in the close season as well, won't it? And perhaps if you bit buy season tickets from there and things like that as well, and, and tickets for away games and, and stuff like that, you know, every club should have a, have, a, have a shop to me. And I think most of them do. So it's a, it's a step in the right direction from where I'm concerned anyway. And I'm, I'm delighted it's doing so well. Great to see, as we said before, Vinnie Bethel opening the shop a few weeks ago. He's a, a lifelong supporter of the club. Someone who used to stand, stand near me, actually. There was a, I received a photograph of somebody a few weeks ago from years ago and he's on that with me in the corner where I used to stand so I was particularly pleased with Vinny and wish him all the best hope he's well and uh, hope to see him at the Warrington match 
Yeah, other, other bits of news as well. Um, the Super League Awards is, is just around the corner. Uh, Salford have a real chance of, of actually winning stuff at this one. Uh, tickets are available at £20 or £125 in the VIP area. Uh, ring 0161, I think it's 786-1590, Paul. Um, you know, it'd be great if we actually come away with a couple of awards to help boost the profile of our club in the rugby league circles and out of it as well because... Salford don't necessarily win uh, awards and, and aren't necessarily you know at the top of the table every every season so to get that press coverage and to get that uh, award would be fantastic whether that be Jackson, Jackson Hastings with uh, Man of Steel or Ian Watson coach of the year or Salford Red Devils team of the year it's all, poss- all a big possibility in my eyes it certainly is. I mean, Jacko seems to be leading the, the, the Man of Steel contenders, doesn't he? Oh, he certainly was until the, the voting went sort of private now, doesn't it, to build up the excitement. So I know Jacko's right up there. You've got Nia Levels, who's leading try scorer in Super League with 21 tries at the moment. He's after Paul Charlton's world record, isn't it? Which we, I don't know whether we wanted to beat it, but it'd be nice for him to equal it. Um, yeah, and, and we've got Ian Watson as well, who could be, could be coach of the year. So uh, Rob's looking at me... Uh, <laughs> Right, well, here is this week's Devil of Detail amateur report. We shall start off this week. We've got quite a lot to get through um, in the amateur leagues, but this isn't amateur news, but I'm just going to give it a mention anyway because Rugby League was in mourning at the weekend after the sudden passing of Batley Bulldogs youngster Archie Bruce, who died at the age of 20. The youngster was found in his hotel room on Sunday morning just 12 hours after making his professional debut for Batley Bulldogs against Toulouse Olympic. You know, really, really sad news that after, you know, watching Salford beat Hull at the weekend and being on an all-time high, hearing that news on, on Sunday morning was awful. So my thoughts, and I'm sure Rob's are, and everybody who listens to the podcast, with everybody at Batley Bulldogs and um, and Young Archie's family as well. So really, really sad news that to, to start off this week. But, you know, we send our, uh, our condolences and, uh, you know, God bless everybody involved. Well, I'll start the round off this week. We're going to have a look at the Women's Rugby League, actually. We've not really mentioned it recently, but a couple of our local sides are involved now, particularly the Rochdale Hornets. So I'll give you the scores out from the Super League at the weekend. In uh, Super League, it was Featherston 7, St. Helens 50, Wakefield 4, Bradford 48, Wigan 42, York City Knights 0. In the Championship, Huddersfield 36, Hull FC 20, Lee Minor Rangers 14, Barrow 16, Stanley 4, Warrington Wolves 32, and Widnes Vikings 8, Alton Redettes 0. In League 1, Whitley Bay Barbarian 24, Halifax 20, Cutsack 52, Keithley Albion 8, Rochdale Hornets 0, Hawkinson Rovers 74 and Wigan St. Patrick's 14, West Leeds Eagles 22. So I think it's fantastic that the Women's Rugby League is, uh, is blossoming and doing so well and particularly there are some amateur sides that are involved in it as well so hats off to them. At the moment Castleford Tigers lead the Super League, they've won 10, of their, they played 10 won 10 so they're streaking away at the moment so just behind them is St. Helens. Top of the Championship, Warrington who've won 8 of their 9 games so far and top of League 1 is Keithley Albion who've won seven from seven. Well, moving on to Men's Rugby League, the National Conference League will start off with the Premier Division. It was a good weekend for our Oldham sides, we'll come to that shortly, but Rochdale Mayfield were beaten 15-14 at home to West Hull. Rochdale Mayfield battling against relegation, just a point above uh, above safety at the moment in front of Thornhill Trojans, but they had a fantastic match against West Hull. West Hull were second top, just a point behind Wathbrough with the game in hand. They're going for the Championship this season. Rochdale Mayfield led 12-6 at half-time, but a late Late, late drop goal about two minutes from time from West Hull's Spavin. West Hull's Spavin um, has given West Hull the 15 points to 14 uh, victory. So a big win there for West Hull. And um, Scott Spavin's drop goal has, um, 
broken the hearts of Rochdale Mayfield. So they've got another fixture coming up in a couple of weeks. No fixture this weekend because of the Challenge Cup. As I said, the Oldham side, Saddle with Rangers in Division 1, beat Normanton Knights by 36 points to 14. In Division 3, Oldham say answered an excellent win away from home at Batley Boys, 18-16. And Wathead Warriors were on the road as well. They beat Lee East by 28 points to 12. There's no fixtures involving our local sides this, this week, but there is a couple of fixtures. Thursday the 22nd, Pilkington Rex play Wigan St. Pat's in Division 1. Division 3, Wollstone Rovers play in Millham. And there's one game on Saturday in the Premier Division that involves Siddle and Thato Heath Crusaders. Well, there's not much to talk about in the North West Men's League. There was just one result at the weekend involving our local sides. That was in Division 1. Halton Sims Cross beat Oldham St. Anne's A by 28 points to 16. There's no fixtures involving our local sides this coming weekend. There's one game on Thursday night in Division 1. That's Halton Sims Cross against Latchford Albion. Some amateur news. Manchester Met have been confirmed as the official university partner of the Rugby League World Cup 2021. The Met will work alongside Rugby League World Cup 2021 in delivering impactful research and positively engaging with a range of audiences, including the student community. There's over 30,000 Manchester Metropolitan students from a variety of backgrounds and cultures will be engaged with the Rugby League World Cup 2021 and will be enjoying opportunities such as volunteering and work experience. Manchester's Metropolitan World Class facilities will also be used to support the Rugby League World Cup tournament delivery including team training, base camps and the Festival of the World Cups which will include Emerging Nations, Student and Armed Forces competitions. Manchester is one of the host cities of the Rugby League World Cup in 2021 and all trafficable stage the men's and women's finals. So that's really exciting news for everybody involved Salford's not far from there and all Salford City Roosters are going to be involved in that as well we'll keep you up to date with all the news in the Rugby League World Cup in the build up and everything that goes on with it but congratulations there to Manchester Met and best of luck with all your preparations for what is going to be an exciting competition well finally this week I know it's not amateur rugby league but we've mentioned it all year so we'll carry on mentioning it the Challenge Cup comes to Climax this weekend. It's the Challenge Cup final on Saturday the 24th of August. I'm pretty sure me and Rob will be chatting about it on the podcast and giving you our opinions and, um, and predictions. Not that they'll be worth much, they not usually are. That Nando seems to be straying from us with Salford's predictions. Anyway, but the Challenge Cup final is this Saturday the 24th of August. It's a three o'clock kickoff between St. Helens and Warrington Wolves. And as we've mentioned for the last few weeks and, and most of the season, the 1895 Cup final as well. We've been following it on the Amateur Report as well, even though it's not amateur, but we've been following it and keeping you up to date with it. It's the final on Saturday that game um, is after the Challenge Cup final. It's a half-five kick-off. It's Sheffield Eagles, the Challenge Cup winners from 1998 against the Cup Kings of sort of the 70s and 80s. Widnes Vikings are back at Wembley. So Sheffield against Widnes is a half-five kick-off. Saints against Warrington is the three o'clock kick-off. There's also one other fixture in Rugby League on Friday night. It's London Scholars against Hunslet Hawks. And that is a Betfred League One game. And that will be shown on the Our League app at 7 o'clock. If you've not tried that, get it downloaded and watch it. Some really entertaining stuff there. Some excellent commentary as well. But that's all I've got for you this week. I won't see you now till the week on Thursday to the Warrington game. So enjoy the cup final. Take care and we'll see you soon. Yeah, so at that point, uh, my laptop died. And uh, we were stuck in the, the cafe, weren't we, in the Aflex Palace, Paul? And uh, my heart skipped to beat because I thought we lost it all. Yeah, we're so depressed, Rob. You had that sort of fear, fear look in your eye. And I thought, what's happened now? <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. It's not been recorded for the last half an hour. I've been talking. <laughs> so you frightened me there a bit, mate. But when you phoned me to say everything was good, I was a, I breathed a few huge sigh of relief. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, all good. All good. I enjoyed today, though, mate. It was very good in the Aflex Cafe, wasn't it? We had a, we had a nice afternoon. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Obviously, you know, we're back on Skype now. If you haven't, if you haven't noticed, uh, but I think it was great. Obviously, both being in the same room, and you know, the sound quality is better as well because we're both sharing the same microphone. And uh, you know, you, you said, and I said, I think it's something we need to hopefully get to do more often. 
Yeah, I think so, mate. If we, if we can meet up, maybe maybe do it like that once every couple of weeks. I think it's it's frozen. We we sort of brew and a, a chill together, don't we? Because at the match day, a lot of the time we're we're a bit busy, aren't we? Doing bits and bobs and running about trying to get interviews and that. We we don't really get a chance to have a good chat either, do we? So. Um, we were a bit like ships in the night, me and you, sometimes, aren't we? But no, I enjoyed it. It was good. It was good to be in the same room, and uh, no, it was a, it was a good good show, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, so obviously, just one bit of final bit of news, um, Paul. Uh, the Lance Todd Trophy dinner, uh, which is happening. Um, fantastic occasion. Tickets are available. Um, Dave Woods is hosting it. Uh, you got Shay- Sean Wayne. Sean Wayne. The ex Big Wigan coach. Yep. Um, as a guest speaker it's going to be a fantastic night that uh, Paul yeah well I went to the one last year at the, at the Worcester Marriott and it's at the same place again this year it's a lovely place that by the way if you've, if you've not been to the Worcester Marriott Hotel and last year's was really good the, I can't remember forgive me for the forgetting but they had a, a doctor on last year who was like a sort of the speaker and he was very very funny very funny comedian as well I think he does that he's, he's done the Edinburgh Fringe Festival I think quite a few times but forgive me I can't remember his name but he was absolutely fantastic and um, there was there were lots of ex players there. It was great to see a lot of ex ex winners there as well. Uh, it was a shame last year because Tony Gigo won the the, man, the the Lance Todd and he couldn't be there obviously because of flying from France and club sort of um, duties and things like that. But this year, obviously, it's, hopefully it's going to be a, a homegrown player as well, a local lad. It'd be nice if someone like Stefan Ratchford won it, ex over player if possible. And um, yeah, I'm sure it'd be a, a great do. And, and Sean Wayne, obviously. He's, the yeah, ex-Wigan coach is, is a good speaker, isn't he? And Dave Woods, as we know from the BBC, is very, very good, Dave. I, I like him. I've got a lot of time for him. It'll sure be a great night, so if you can get to it, you know, you'll really enjoy that. It's a good night. Yeah, Sean Wayne, not Sean Warn, Shane Warren. <laughs> as I keep making his name up every time I say it, which is a bit silly. Um, tables for 10 is 650 quid. Uh, the Todd table, Todd tables are 750 quid. Um, so, yeah, it's, I think it's, prim, it's a premier, uh, you know, act event in it in the rugby league calendar so um it's obviously you've got juice in your tank uh you know i'd, I'd be you know i'd be advising to go it's a good night out in it yeah certainly is. You, you, you feel quite in awe really when you're there because obviously with me just being a lay person and as like a supporter to be in that room with so many great players you know past and present particularly the, the past players you know you're talking absolute legends of the game you know andy Gregor was there last year and all sorts of people there, you know, Lee Breers, people who've won the trophy, Ray Ashby, players like from the 60s and 70s, and these are players that you've only really ever heard. Your parents talk about, uh, you know, older friends and, and relatives and that from from that, that era. And for you to be in the same room, I mean, it's fantastic. I had a little chat with Brian Lockwood, who I think Brian won it in 1980 when Hull played O'Carr, and he's a lovely bloke. Malcolm Reilly, I got to speak to him as well in the bar, and these are like absolute legends from when my dad first started going on Great Britain internationals and it was it was fantastic to, to be to be part of it and just to be in the room and it really was yeah uh, it's sponsored by Dr Terry Thorne uh, so obviously you want to buy tickets or, or, book, or book a table uh, contact john.blackburn at soulforadevils.net or ring him on 0161 786 uh, and book your ticket and your table for the, for the event so, obviously, the Lance Todd Awards dinners is a kind of a celebration of the Challenge Cup, uh, Paul, which is the Challenge Cup final, which is on Saturday. Uh, Warrington take on St. Ellen's at Wembley Stadium. It's going to be a fantastic uh, game. Uh, I'm very excited about it. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it, Rob. I'm not sure what we're doing as a family on Saturday, so I might be taking it and watching it later on, trying to avoid the score. So um, the Challenge Cup's always special, isn't it? You know, whoever was in the final last year, I particularly enjoy with Catalans and, and Warrington. This time with Warrington and St. Helens, you know, two sides that have got a bit of a rivalry between them. They're not too far in, in miles between them as well. And don't forget you've got the 1895 Cup final as well. It's going to be on after the Cup final, witness against Sheffield. So two really excellent games. I would say St. Helens are probably favourites to, to win the Cup the way they played this season. They've been pretty much untouchable in the Super League, haven't they? So, But sometimes Challenge Cup, you, you can't look past... You know, there's two sides there, can you? Because Warrington are going to be fired up for this one, aren't they? They're on a poor run of form in the Super League. It makes you think they've had their eyes on this this match for a while. So really looking forward to watching it. I've looked at the weather forecast. It's going to be scorching in London at the weekend as well. So we're a really good day. I think for everybody who goes down there, a bit good, I can't go really, but uh, I'll enjoy watching it on the telly. Yeah, kind of prim- it's the premier uh, rugby league occasion. Uh, all the fans, you know, look forward to the, you know, the Challenge Cup final uh, at Wembley, and you know, hopefully a big crowd. I know Set Ellen's are one of massive followings, don't they? Um, I'm sure there's there's a bit between them as well. You know, between Warrington and Saints, they love the competition, they love the the matches between them. So hopefully a big crowd will, will turn up and uh, fill Wembley. Yeah, I think so, Robert. I think the added thing this year, as I mentioned before, was having the 1895 Cup there as well. I think that's a very good initiative from the RFL. I do think that game should should be on first, though. If it had been me, I'd have had that match on first and you know, obviously have it as a curtain raiser to the, to the final. But it should be great. It really is a, sort of the blue chip final, isn't it, of rugby league? And like you said there, you've got two of the premier sides in it. You know, St. Helens and Warrington are the top two in Super League at the moment, aren't they? And they've been good all year. Warrington, as I said, are a bit out of form, but it's a mouth-watering clash between those two sides, isn't it? There's so many good players on show. You, you look at the Saints, there you've got Tommy Makerton, a golden boot winner from last season, and you know, Lachlan Coote, the fullback who's come in this year, has been absolutely outstanding for him. You look at the forward pack that they've got, you look at Warrington, you've got Ratchford, Ben Murdoch, Masilla. It's a shame Blake Austin's not playing because he's been an outstanding player in Super League this season, so Warrington are no doubt going to miss him. But it promises to be a fascinating game, Rob. They really have got some quality players in both lineups, and you know, I look at it and think it's going to be an hard one to predict, really. No Blake Austin. Do we really think there'll be no Blake Austin? I know they love a bit of mind games, don't they? Um, you know, before the game starts, obviously he is in the squad. Um, but it doesn't mean he won't be when kickoff time comes. Well, I saw I saw that tonight, and after I'd seen you today, I was driving home with my dad, and we were discussing that in the car. And I said to him, "What do you think? Do you think he could be a late, you know, introduction to the squad on the day?" And we were saying, "Yeah, he possibly could." So I'd I'd take that with a pinch of salt until I see the the, the two starting lines. But as we, me and you spoke about earlier in the week sometimes you can take a gamble can't you on, on people in cup finals you know teams have done it before they've put, put lads in who are injured and sometimes it can have a nasty habit of backfiring on you so my advice to to um, Warrington coach Steve Price if it's worth anything is you know play blokes who are fit because you know that, that, that Wembley surface there under the heat there it'd be red hot there on on, uh, on on Saturday you want to make sure you've got a fully fit side out there but you know, Steve Price is no mug he's not going to listen to a plonker like me is it for him <laughs> But no, you know where I'm coming from, don't you? It's, it's happened before, and it? People have played people who aren't fully fit, and you know, it's, it's worked against them. So I don't know, because it was quite a bad injury that Blaney Costin got, wasn't it? And he, he was supposed to be out for quite a while. So if he was to return, it'd be a real surprise, really, because I think he's got quite a few weeks left um, to, to recover. So we'll watch this space on that one. But I'd be surprised if he's in. I, would, I really would. Yeah, I think those Saints in the farm side, aren't they, Paul? Uh, Warrington have dropped off, haven't they, the last few weeks? I think they've yeah, put all the eggs in the one basket. 
Um, and if obviously they do lose to an informed Saints side, um, very <coughs> interesting how they're going to react to that because we've got them next week, haven't we? Uh, and their wheels could well and truly fall off because obviously the Super League is very tight. Uh, and if obviously they're in free fall at the moment with five on the spin, they get beat Wembley, they, the wheels could well and truly fall off and they could possibly fall out of the uh, playoffs. Well, I was thinking that today they've got 30 points and if we beat them um, a week today, week, week Thursday today, we beat them next Thursday, we'll have 30 points as well. I think their points difference is not not too much better than about 40 odd, I think. So we'd have to beat them by about 40 odd points to, to go above them. But you'd be level with them with two games to go. And also you've got Castleford who are chasing as well, Catalans are chasing. So, you know, it's, it's not sort of a foregone conclusion that Warrington are going to make that top five. But as we were saying today, if we can win our last three games, we could finish as high as second or third. So it really is going to be an exciting end to the season. If you were Steve Price, I mean, what do you say to yourself? If you do lose that final, they're going to have to, to put it to bed straight away, aren't they? And, and, and sort of come gunning for our game. Because the lose to us, that's, a, that's another defeat. And I'm not too sure they play in their last two games. But it's, it's a big game for them. I mean... The, the way I look at it now, the solver support is I want Warrington to win, really, because if they do win, you'd like to think they'd probably have a good drink on, on Sunday and Saturday night, and then they obviously do the parade, don't they, in Warrington on the, the Sunday and Monday, and then they've only got a couple of days to train for, for our game, so we can sort of put them to the sword then. But I don't know, it's uh, if they get beat, like you said, do they, do they sort of their heads go there? I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure what the best result is for us, really. To be fair, I think it's probably best if Warrington win because we'll have a good drink Saturday, good drink Sunday, open top bus on Monday, we could hang over Tuesday, play <laughs> Wednesday, play us Thursday. So in theory, they only have two days worth of you know training, one and a half days. Yeah, really. If you've got a couple of players who are over 30 as well, it'll be hang over Tuesday and Wednesday, yeah. won't it? Because I know if I get an hang over these days, it's going to be about a week to get over it. So. <laughs> so I'm hoping for a Warrington win, really, just so it affects, so it gives us half a chance. The thing though, as well, when you play. Um, you know, Challenge Cup. It's the emotional side of it as well. Physically, yeah, it's going to be a, a, a you know a big thing to to get over. But mentally, it's a cup final, isn't it? You know, it's mm-hmm. once in a life. Well, these teams, it's not really once in a lifetime, is it? But you know, in theory, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. And you know, stress and and uh, you know things like that take a lot out of you, doesn't it? You know, nervous energy. It's it's one of them really. But you know, cup final's a cup final, and you know you can't discount the mental side of it. I don't think. I'd, I'd like to see the statistics, actually, from matches that are played after the cup final involving the two sides that are in it and like to know how many of the, of the, the cup final sides actually win, you know, the week, the week after the, the cup final. Because I bet it's quite sort of against them, really, because you seem to see it every year, don't we? The sides that are in the final take a bit of a, a dip in form after it, don't they? So I think you're right there. I mean, I can't slag St. Helens off too much because my wife sat at two places along from me on the couch with the St. Helens hoodie on. So, uh, you know, this is what I have to put up with in our house. So uh, I'm not going to say too much against St. Helens because you might fill me in. <laughs> no, we've got a tape paint if she does, Paul. <laughs> There's a couple of uh, a couple of sofa play, ex-sofa players involved as well. Uh, Theo Farge uh, for Warrington, Ben Murnett Masala for no Theo Farge for Saints, sorry, Ben Murnett Masala for Warrington. Um, you know, both very good players for us. Um, does that influence who you who you back on uh, Saturday? Well, you've got um, Lama Tazi and uh, Stephen Ratchford in the Warrington yeah. side as well, haven't you? So. I mean, Stefan Ratchford, to me, is an absolute quality player and he's a player that I'll be having on that tour at the end of the season for Great Britain. Um, definitely. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't really like St. Helens. I'm not, I don't say I hate St. Helens, but they're not really one of my favourite teams. And I don't know. Warrington, I mean, 
can't really warm to them either. <laughs> I never used to mind them when they played at Wilders Pool, but they seem to get a bit big for the boots now. But uh, to be honest, it's a neutral. I just hope it's a really good occasion and it's a great game. And I think it'd be great if it went to Golden Point extra time and then there was, you know, loads of sort of drama and that. So I just hope it's a fantastic match and it's sort of 24 all after 80 minutes and then somebody drops a goal and it's a great grandstand finish. And also the 1895 Cup final is a big success as well. Yeah, that's an interesting one as well. Witness and Sheffield, is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a you know big big game. That two big teams, you know, Wembley massive occasion, uh, the new cup. You know, people want that to be a success. Uh, Witness and Warrington both playing on the same day in the same place. Uh, that might be a bit interesting, but you know, hopefully they'll all. Awesome. I think I think the Witness fans apparently are in the St. Helens end. Oh, <laughs> so somebody told me. <laughs> but I, I know what you mean. It is a powder keg ready to go. That one, isn't, isn't it? it? I hope play everyone will be even. Uh, It'll be a fantastic occasion for Em for all. I'm sure they will. I think the beer is a bit expensive down there. It's probably a bit dear than it is in France, so uh, <laughs> the supporters won't be drinking as much. But just had a, had a serious thought. I mean, Witness are a big club, aren't they? You know, Cup Kings of the sort of 80s, weren't they? And got there a few times in the 70s as well. I don't think they've been to Wembley since about 93. I think Wigan beat them in the final, didn't they? 93, was it? Uh, yeah, 93, I think. So they've not been there for a, for a while. I mean, it's not as long as us, is it? But they're, they're sort of a bit of a sleeping giant witness, aren't they? They've had a lot of success and then it's been a bit bit dry for them for the last few years, you know, world champions in the late 80s, 89, wasn't it? So, uh, I wish them a bit of success. I mean, Sheffield Eagles, though, on the other hand, they got to Wembley, didn't they, in 21 years ago where they beat us in the semi, didn't they, and won the cup. So, returning back after 21 years and their coach, Mark Aston, he's been there an awful long time, hasn't he? And done a good job there on, very similar to Ian Watson, really, on limited resources. So, uh, I wish Sheffield all the best that week. I know they take a good following and, and get the result. Do we have a, a weather check for the Reds going down? It's going to be nice, I think. I've just looked at my phone. I think the weekend's going to be nice all over the country. That looks like I think London's got 26 degrees, 27 degrees for, for Saturday. So uh, no it's usually a lot warmer down there. Cup final's usually always a nice day, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I remember particularly growing up as a kid, the final was in May then, wasn't it? And When you used to watch the old videos and, and, and the match, you know, my dad used to tape and used to watch the videos back at home, it was always dead sunny at Wembley, so I can't think of a final where it's rained. What a splash final. Bit before my time, that run, not that, that old. What well, <laughs> well, is, is uh, you know, occasions like that, it's, weather is important, you know, for both Yeah, of course it is, yeah. If you've not seen the Water Flash final, I'd recommend you, you watch that because I think the BBC did like a rerun of it, didn't they, last yeah. season? And I'd seen the final before uh, on like old videos and that. Um, but that is that is so exciting, that, that game and that, and that finish, it, it really is. It's, 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 quite, it's quite sad as well when they interview Don Fox at the end because he gets the, the Lance Todd trophy and, and he's on the losing side and he misses the kick in front of the post. So, uh, no, it's a it's a good a good game. That shame Leeds won. Well, yeah, but it's, it was a you know a moment like like the uh, Martin Fire run against Leeds, um, mm-hmm. that was another special moment in it in the Challenge Cup history. Um, yeah, yeah. Any more Paul that jump into? I don't know. Warrington played at uh, Warrington. Uh, Widnes played Wigan, and uh, that was a good final as well. Eighty four. That's the last final my dad went to. Yeah. Um, he, 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 we took me down I was only little then in 84 and my mum and my dad and me went down and me and my mum went to the zoo and my dad went to the final and then he said to my mum on the way home I'm not going again now until Salford get there so sort of 30, 30 odd years later we <laughs> still not been because he used to go every year to all the final I think he went from about 70 1970 
82, I think, was his first final. And then he stopped going in 84, so he was waiting for us to get there. But I remember quite a few from the 80s. I think the 87 one was one of my favourites when Halifax played Saints and John Pendlebury punched the ball out at the end yeah. to, stop, um, to stop a try. That was a good one. And the fire try, yeah, like you said. The, I remember the Bradford Saints one as well. Was it 96? That was a fantastic match. Was that Robbie um, Hat-trick, that one? Yeah, he scored a hat-trick. And I'm pretty sure Bradford were about 20 points up or 18 points up and there wasn't long to go. And the fullback Nathan Graham, dropped the ball, didn't he? And, Saints come storming back. There was fantastic. I think it was about forty odd, thirty two, something like that in the end. So, been some great. I think they played each other the year after as well, and that was a good game. And obviously the Sheffield game in 1998, that was a belting match. I thought Sheffield played really well that day. As much as it hurts me to say they beat us in the semi, I thought they did themselves proud in the final to, to beat Wigan. So there has been some some great games. You know, some ones that I can't remember as well that don't. I mean, the whole game in eighty was a good one before my time. But I've seen it on the video and. I've got a few of them on video and on DVD actually. The 82, I'll lend you that. The 82 on the belt, a Hull against Witness. It goes to a replay of that and the replay is at Ellen Road and Hull win. I'll lend you that next time I see you. It's a really good game, that. Have you, have you, ever, have you ever been to the Challenge Cup final? You were saving yourself when we got there. I went to the first one when it, it opened at Wembley in 2007. I went to that one, uh, St. Helens and Catalans. Yeah, I went there. And then, the, and then the year after, I won tickets for St. Helens against Hull. I didn't win the tickets till about two days before. No, I think I won the tickets on the Friday, and because it was that short notice, nobody wanted to go. So I ended up going on my own on this free bus uh, with a free ticket, and I was sat on the halfway line near near quite a lot of the ex-players. Actually, I enjoyed the day; it was good, but it's a bit boring when you're on your own. Isn't it? But it was a decent game. Saints won. I think Saints beat beat Hull quite convincingly. So uh, yeah, I've been to Wembley twice, and since Saints win twice. Yeah, I saw I saw him Saints beat Catalan, like you said, the first one Wembley. I went to watch. Hull and Leeds at the the, mil, uh, the Millennium Stadium when Hull won. That was a cracking game. That twenty five twenty four, wasn't it? Oh, Did Paul Cook drop the goal? Was, yeah. When Cook scored the winner, yeah. I, I was yeah. in the um, the Hull end watching it, watching it with um, Alan's lot and Parky and everyone. And I looked up in the in the sort of the second tier of of, uh, of the Millennium, and it was like it was. It must have been like I don't know twenty thousand Hull fans up on, in there. And it was like a wave of like joy, and it was like mm. you know, like these whole fans. It was just a, you could see it a physical wave, and I thought, it's un- I thought this is unbelievable. Because obviously, mm. you know, it's it, Hull are a, a, a cup king, aren't they? It's a big thing in it, a Challenge Cup final. And you know, their heads had fell off big time when when Cup went and scored the winner. And uh, yeah, it was a big moment. That I, I remember remember back thinking, you know, wow, this is what the, the Challenge Cup means. And always, and then thinking, well, if we ever get there, can you imagine the the scenes there? If that ever happens, it's uh, it's a special occasion for everyone, isn't it? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think things like that can make you as a club can't they as well and drive you on to that next level. We were chatting about Warrington today, weren't they? And I always refer to them, you know, when I'm thinking about moving to a new stadium like, like we did. And they've sort of taken off, haven't they? And the crowds have, have doubled since they, they got to Wembley and had the, the big days out. And I think sometimes you need that, don't you, to establish yourselves and... You know, get that sort of bandwagon rolling and get people involved, get interest, and people want to be associated with with trips to Wembley, don't they? And, 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 a, and a modicum of success. So I'd love to see us get there. I think it it really would make the club and, and, and take us on to the next level. Give us your score prediction for both games, Paul. I gave you a score prediction for the cup final today, and I can't remember what I said. <laughs> so I'll have to give you another one. <laughs> uh, what did I say now today? Gonna guess. Well, think, will that, will that, will that Did you write them down? I thought you'd wrote them down this afternoon. I might have done. 
No, I wrote. I can't have two guesses because it gave me two shots no, at Fernando's then, doesn't it? Yeah, I know. I wrote the ma- I wrote the predictions down for our game against Warrington. I didn't write predictions down for the Challenge Cup. Oh, do you? All oh, right, sorry, it was the Warrington one. I don't mm. get confused. Um, for Saint Helens, I'm going to back Saints. I mean, there's a part of me that wants to back Warrington, but I'm going to go with Saint Helens. But I think it's going to be really, really close. I'm going to go Saint Helens twenty six, Warrington twenty four. Twenty six, twenty four. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Warrington. I'm going to go Warrington 32, St. Helens 30. 32-30. Mm. going to be one of them games. It's going to be amazing. You know, energy zapping, mentally and physically zapping game. And then hopefully mm. Warrington will be spent then. I think there'll be a few points, you know, with it being a warm day and it's a big pitch at Wembley, isn't it? A big wide pitch, so I'm expecting a few points. What do you reckon to the Sheffield and Woodness game? Sheffield Witness, uh I think Witness. I think Witness has got have got you know history in cup competition. I think that becomes a, a thing in cup finals. Whether your team used to playing in big big games like historically. So I'm going to go Sheffield ten, Witness twenty, twenty ten. Are you? Um, I was going to back Witness because I think they've got some good players. Witness and you know, if Anthony Gellin's playing as well, he's a he's a big stage player. But I'm going to go against. It. I'm going to go Sheffield. I've just I just fancy them, especially with the 21 years since they won the cup at Wembley, and they're back there now with Mark Aston captain them that day, and he'll be coaching them on uh, Saturday. So I'm going to go for a Sheffield win. I'm going to go for Sheffield 18, Witness 16. Yeah. So that's the end of another podcast. Paul got a busy day today. Did two podcasts back to back, didn't we? We certainly have. My head feels a bit pickled today. <laughs> We've done that much talking, but no, I really enjoyed the podcast. I enjoyed speaking to Paul, and uh, you know, if you can check both the podcasts out, I'm sure you'll enjoy them. And uh, we'll be back in action next uh, next Thursday, won't we, mate? Doing all things Salford Red Devils for Salford against Warrington. Yeah, the pop up podcast will probably come out Sunday or Monday. Uh, so we can we spoke to Paul King all about you know the world of Salford Red Devils, and you know, we're don't forget the competition as well. Yes, we'll get the competition sorted as well. We're going to uh, film. Uh, us pulling the names out of the hat, aren't we, Paul? On, yeah, uh, yeah. On Thursday, which means I'm going to have to write the names down, cut them out, and then put them in your bobby hat, and then we'll uh, we'll pull them, pull two winners out uh, for two shirts. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, the only thing is, I've just been thinking today. You know, we said we're going to get the shirt signs, and one of them's black and one of them's red, so we could probably get the red one signed, but we can't really get the black one signed, can we? Because get a white marker. Mm, can you get them? Yeah, I bet you can. Surely. We'll, we'll, mm. go, we'll go and have a look in stationery. Box. Are there still stationary boxes? Are they gone? Other stationary stores are <laughs> really? available as well. Don't be advertising stationary boxes. I don't know. I've seen one of them for years. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you say it, they might deliver like a big box of pens for us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's been a yeah, it's been a great day. Uh, quite enjoyed it. Uh, you know, loads of Salford Devils chat, two podcasts back to back, and the sports one as well this week. So loads of Salford sport to to, to be getting on with, Paul. Yeah, go and put your feet up now, Rob. You deserve a rest, mate. <laughs> I do, I do, Paul. So that's another fantastic podcast over. I've been Rob Parkinson. That's been Paul Whiteside. You can find us on Facebook, Devil Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter, at the ITDSRD. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening. Say goodbye, Paul. See ya. See you, everybody. See you next week.
four hours a day. Radio Contact.